NFL football is back, at least a preseason version of it. We walk you through our DFS core plays and best bets for the Jets versus Browns Hall of Fame game. All this and more tonight on the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check the stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest sweet sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like AC never replay. So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do. I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is August 1st, 2023, and we have NFL football happening this week. Congratulations to everyone from making it through those lonely times, the waves of the offseason bullshit, to get to this moment where we now get to see that motherfucker Zach Wilson potentially taking the first snap of the NFL preseason. I am Seth Wilcock, and I am joined tonight by a man who is hot off a two-week vacation on the Carolina coast. He's the founder of pros with Joe's the founder of green screens media. And also my co-host here on the IBT podcast, Eric Romoff. How are you, pal? And I'm doing good. I'm fresh off that vacation. So I'm getting smacked in the face by the realities of work and home ownership and 130 degree heat indexes back. This uh, was a, uh, was a nice little break, but definitely back to reality. But the good news is, like, what is it, 36, 37 days away until football kicks off. So have plenty to keep my mind occupied and, uh, and off of off of those uh, those doldrums of reality. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Our escape is back, Eric. Thankful to have you on tonight. Also thankful to have the uh, IBT family in. Thank you guys for being a part of it. The chat was already bumping for us tonight. Uh, look, we got some Twitch love. We got some Twitch love. This hey. was before we even went live from our guy Diggs. We appreciate you, Diggs. Uh, we got Hoove. He was first over here on the YouTube chat. It's not a race, Hoove, but we appreciate you nonetheless, brother. We got Albert. Good evening, IBT. Albert. Good evening to you, Albert. Connor making a little bit of fun as well. Hot off the 19th hole. Good show tonight, fellas. And then we got DD saying hello, Seth and Eric. Hello to you, DD. Thanks mm-hmm. for making us a part of your Tuesday evening tonight. We also got Kyle Scott, our audio producer, in the back end. Jim Scott, how are we sounding tonight? How do you feel about some real football happening this week? Uh, everyone sounds great. I'm feeling good and, uh, real football happening sounds fantastic. Yeah. Reels and real is in quotations. Like these are NFL players. So some of them might not be on the teams in a couple of weeks from now, but we can bet on it and we can lay some DFS down tonight. And uh, that's what we're going to do right here on the show. We're also going to introduce a new segment, uh, from the forum. Really excited to announce that just here in, in a couple of minutes. Um, but before we get there, Eric, uh, vibes have been high all summer long here at IBT as we are getting ready for our first ever live draft event, Draft Night Out. It's happening in the birthplace of professional football. Just a week after Hall of Fame Stadium is packed with, you know, that motherfucker Zach Wilson, Robert Sala's great hair, and uh, Aaron Rodgers' shroom-filled eyes all, uh, over the, the, the next week. We, we're going to be there. We're going to be overlooking the stadium as we draft our team, sipping on some brews, eating some food at the brew kettle. Are you as excited as I am, my friend? Dude, I am absolutely stoked. That is a fantastic location. The brew kettle is a ton of fun. And I wouldn't be surprised if Draft Night Out actually fills that stadium more than the Hall of Fame game coming up this week, right? So it's it's going to be a ton of fun. A lot of people from the community are already getting involved, seeing those ticket sales fly out the door. So it's going to be jam-packed. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a real, real interesting opportunity to meet people from around the space, to network with with other experts in the industry, but also 
Just have a good ass time drafting. DNO is such a fun time. Like getting back out and drafting teams live and in person yeah. was something that I didn't realize I missed so much as we all went inside with COVID. Now that we're doing it again, like it is it is such a good time. And that location that we we secured just couldn't be better. Hell yeah, baby. Two floors. We got an outdoor patio. Vibes will be high in Canton, Ohio uh, this week as well as a week from now as well. And we're there on Saturday, August 12th for Draft Night Out. So, guys, let's go ahead. Let's kick off the show tonight with one of the, the, the grooviest drops we've ever had. Each one of these segments, we always have a groovy drop. Our guy Ism, Nate Miller, he does these for us. He is an excellent artist. You can find him on Spotify, Apple Music. And I said, hey, man, we got a new sponsor. We need to put together a new segment here on the fly. What does he come up with? From the forum. If you're up, stuck, think about what to do. Here in between, we got advice for you. Back and forth all day, trying to pick the play. Let's hear what the boys here had to say. Presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Forum. All right. From the forum, this is our new segment powered by our newest sponsor, the Fantasy Football Advice Forum. And this is the community platform for fantasy footballers. And it's just that. It's a great community that Tyler and his gang are putting together over there. They are connecting fans with analysts and just fantasy football enthusiasts in general. If you guys want to get involved with the Fantasy Football Advice Forum, I mean, it's better than Twitter right now. I'm going to be honest. Like, at least some of the features. Like, it is... Yeah, Twitter is falling apart in front of our very eyes, Eric. And Fantasy Football Advice Forum is just like a phoenix rising from the ashes right now. And right now... I am so thankful that we have this deal for all our followers right now. You can use the promo code IBT for 25% off your monthly or annual membership. And this is going to get you on that platform for less than $1.81 per month. Like that's honestly insane. I spend more on that at a, for a beer. I spend more on that for a candy bar. Like I spend a dollar and 81 cents on a lot of things, Eric. Um, so I, I think I'm really excited to offer this and hopefully you guys can go ahead and use that promo code again. That's IBT on the fantasy football advice forum.com. Check it out. Uh, oh, look, we got them in the chat already tonight as well. We appreciate you guys repping out here. Let's go, baby. All right. So we pulled this question. We, we put out a post on, on the forum. We said, Hey, what questions can we answer for you tonight? First one, the biggest one, with the JT drama happening and Zach Moss, he broke his arm earlier this week in training camp. Do you think the Colts bring in one of the free agent running backs? We got Kareem Hunt on the block still. Playoff Lenny's out there. Old Zeke and Dalvin Cook. Man, Eric, this is a bad situation in Indianapolis, dude. Like, you have JT dug in. He wants a trade. Jim Irsay's just, like, putting the NFL owners on his back and being a sacrificial lamb. Like, this is shit is crazy. What do you think about that first? And then how we approach this maybe with some fantasy football insurance options here, man, the, the whole circumstance is, is a perfect embodiment of the state of the running back market, right? Like Jonathan Taylor is he's, he's not at the age where we start to see running backs get a little bit desperate for the next contract. But I, I think he sees the writing on the wall and he's trying to get paid before he gets to that age. Right? Like, if, if anyone is going to get the contract that Josh Jacobs wants, that Saquon Barkley wanted, it's probably a guy like Taylor. So trying to be proactive, get out in front of it, start that conversation now. Unfortunately for Taylor, he, he started it a year later than he needed to, right? Yes. Like the Colts have all the leverage right now. If he plays well, they can hit him with the double franchise. They'll have gotten <laughs> their five or six seasons out of him, and yeah. they'll move on to the next rookie. If he doesn't play well, they can cut him at the end of the year and he will have, you know, essentially, you know, tanked his own market. Right. So unfortunately for Jonathan Taylor, like many of the running backs out there, not exactly, you know, carrying a ton of leverage in this situation. But I do appreciate that he's uh, he's kind of taken the NBA approach to this. Right. Like if he's not going to get what he wants, he's going to make a big old mess. And if nothing else, I'm always on Team Chaos. That's always fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. I don't have very many shares of Jonathan Taylor and Dynasty, so maybe that's coloring my analysis a little bit. But ultimately, I want this to get as messy as possible because it is entertaining for me personally. Um, I don't know if you wanted me to answer your free agent well, question or not. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, before we get to that, I do want to weigh in kind of on the situation a little bit because we are hearing reports that they could be putting him on the non-football injury list, mm -hmm. that apparently he suffered a back injury in the offseason that he did not disclose. He's saying, of course, that's bullshit. He's coming out on Twitter and saying that. And then we're hearing from Ian Rappaport as of Tuesday, today, right now, that several teams are interested in a trade for Jonathan Taylor. And I think you kind of laid it out, out the case for him, man. Like, this guy is a different type of running back. We saw it all the way back in Wisconsin when he tore up the Big Ten for multiple seasons in a row. Wasn't the best season last year. But I'm nervous as a guy who holds a lot of Colts over win totals and, and a lot of money on the Colts right now uh, to make the playoffs. I have invested in them there. I have a lot of Anthony Richardson and I have a decent amount of JT already. So like, I know we've always, you've always kind of been the sound of reason this whole off season for me, Eric, when we get worried about Saquon, when we get worried about all these running backs, but are, should we be hitting the panic button? Should we be hitting the panic button or is it just all like kind of hold ship right now? If you have JT in fantasy or thinking about investing him in him as redrafts approach. Yeah, so from a redraft perspective, I actually think this might open up a buy window for Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, he's he's a guy whose ADP has kind of bounced around over the course of the summer and the offseason. Yeah. But if if uncertainty like this, you know, drops him down three, four, five picks, you know, you have to be in the in the right draft position in order to take yes. advantage of that. Yes. But, you know, if, if you're if you're in there towards the end of the first round. And you can now maybe sneak him in at the top of the second. I'm all for that, right? And and the reason is it's pretty simple. And we we heard some of this with Saquon talking about his decision to sign essentially the franchise deal that he was offered plus some incentives. These guys understand that their ability to make a living in this league is tied to their ability to put out good tape and to perform on the field, right? So either Indianapolis goes back on their word and they decide to trade him and they trade him to a team that is going to take full advantage of his skill set or yes. eventually cooler heads are going to prevail and Jonathan Taylor is going to realize that his best chance to make the most money in what is an increasingly limited NFL career for for running backs is to take the field and perform well this season so ultimately it's going to be fun to watch again always on team chaos but I do think we see JT suit up and play a you know a typical workload for what we had him projected to heading into the season. And do you think the Colts will maybe start looking at some of these other free agent running backs? I think some of these guys are going to have to sign a very, very friendly deal, specifically Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette. I think they would be a very nice compliment to him. They have Deion Jackson, uh, no Naeem Hines over after trading him last season. Um, obviously, Zach Moss, who they got in that trade, is out for some significant time as well. So they have Evan Hall. They have the talented rookie out of Northwestern. Um, God, that guy's probably been through a lot in his, his college career. But uh, so do you think that they go after someone or do you think they stay put uh, and really kind of ramp up the Hall situation, kind of like the Cowboys did a couple years ago with Tony Pollard when Zeke was arguing for a new deal? Yeah, there's there's really two things at, at work here. Um, one is I've, I've kind of already laid out my position that I, I think we see Jonathan Taylor play – a you know a requisite amount of snaps for the Colts. Um, you know the the Zach Moss injury. I mean the timing was uh, uh, apropos, right? Like as as <laughs> yeah. this as this news started to break, he immediately breaks his arm, right? So the good thing is that um, you know it, it is a broken bone. Those have a pretty clean timeline in terms of recovery. It's almost always four to six weeks. So we should be able to see him back by the time that we get into the regular season with a fair amount of predictability and also just philosophically right like unless one of these guys is willing to come down significantly from what they're trying to get out on the open market i mean indianapolis has made it clear that they're not interested in yeah. investing heavily in running backs right yeah, if they were true. yeah they would just pay jonathan taylor so <laughs> they're not going to go out and pay you know dalvin cook who is a what three and a half four year older version of jonathan taylor the type of money that they're not willing to pay the guy that they've you know drafted and developed in-house. So I, I think philosophically, the Colts just aren't interested in paying up for a running back. They might go out and add in a, a depth piece, or if one of these guys, you know, maybe Lenny, now that this New England visit is behind him and didn't come 
come out of there with a contract. Maybe he, you know, tries to take a chance to take the field and put some good tape out there. But ultimately, you know, all of these guys that are still, you know, the marquee players on the running back market are are commanding or at least expecting much bigger paydays than what it seems like the Colts are willing to dole out. Yeah, I think I think final takeaways here as we close the 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 book here on Jonathan Taylor in this situation is. If you're in a redraft these next couple weeks, maybe take advantage of him. Uh, we saw him go, I think, at the 202 in our redraft mock last weekend. Um, so he was already there, and now it's just getting worse and worse. So you could probably get him maybe in the, the middle of the second round. Stay vigilant. Keep the head on a fucking swivel. We say it a lot on this show. Um, and then we're not really expecting any of these free agents to land here in Indianapolis as of now. Uh, last question here from the forum, though. This is a really good one I like. Cut three for my super flex half PPR dynasty team. James Robinson, Terrence Marshall, Malik Willis, Clayton Toon, Calvin Austin, Daniel Bellinger, and Jerome Ford. How do you feel about this, Eric? Because obviously, like some of these players still have a little bit of upside in dynasty formats, um, but I think it's one or two of them. And I, I think some of the other ones are a little bit more disposable. Yeah, to to say the least, um, there there is there's a very clear choice on the li- this list, and that's James Robinson heading out the yes. door, right? Yes. Um, you know, it's it's a it's an unfortunate set of circumstances because he was such a feel good story to kind of emerge as a as a UDFA and really you know make his make himself known in this league, and then you know you string together together a couple injuries and he can't even you know make the squad in New England who you know, seemed interested in investing in him in, in the offseason. And clearly, as they work out, every free agent running back in the world has a need at running back, right? So, if, I mean, if yes. you can't break that squad, it seems like it's probably over for him and you're pretty safe cutting him. After that, it it gets a little tricky. For for me, there there are some guiding principles that are going to lead me to to my, my decisions here. Malik Willis, Clayton Toon are both young enough talents and this is a super flex dynasty to where I don't feel comfortable putting those quarterbacks back on the, uh, on the free really? agent wire, right? What? Yeah. I mean, look, allegedly Malik Willis is having the best camp out of any of the, the Titans quarterbacks this year, right? Obviously that's a, that's a little bit rose tinted, but you know, with, with young quarterbacks that, you know, at least have line of sight to potentially playing in the next two to three years uh, for Clayton Toon, maybe as soon as week one of this year, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to put that type of asset out there for my, for my competitors to go pick up for free. So those are two names that I would definitely hang on to love me some Terrace Marshall. I have tons of shares of him. So really, I mean, you're, you're not going to feel great about this. The, uh, the, the two names of the remaining three that I'm going to cut loose are Daniel Bellinger I'm fine with that. Calvin yeah. Austin, okay, your boy out of out of the Stillers. Um, yeah. there's just there's too much noise there that he's going to have to navigate through, and he doesn't exactly profile as a you know long term asset in uh, in today's NFL. Okay, so got to give you some pushback. I Clayton Tune, I have him in a couple leagues as well, but honestly, the long term projection for this guy is not good. Either Kyler Murray will be the starter at some point this season. Or if Kyler Murray is eventually moved, like I think he will be after a disastrous 2023 season, it's Caleb Williams or Drake May who are leading this ship. So I don't think Clayton Toon has, like, I'd be fine letting Clayton Toon go. I think it will be Colt McCoy. We've already kind of got confirmation from Jonathan Gannon that it will be McCoy in week one. So Clayton Toon, see you later. James Robson, see you later. You nailed that one. Daniel Bellinger, I'm with you there. Like, I think the upside for... Talented guy, very talented guy. But right now you got Darren Waller there. Like, I don't want to stash a, a tight end who's roadblocked and has to get free as a handcuffed tight end uh, to one of the better ones in the league right now. That's not something I'm looking to do. So I would be, fu- I'm with you. I'm holding Willis for a little bit right now. Uh, you know, I, I'm a sad son of a bitch, honestly, when it comes to Willis. I can't let him go. Uh, but so I, I would consider holding him. But mm. Yeah, I I can't let go of Calvin Austin yet. He might be the slot guy. I mean, maybe he's he's got he's got a lot of roadblocks to clear to become that slot guy. Um, you you definitely can't cut the Memphis legend. <laughs> um, 
part of part of the calculus here is we're talking about outright cuts, right? And I I think that if I were to cut Calvin Austin, Daniel Bellinger, and Clayton Toon, Toon's probably getting picked up first out of that lot, right? Like there are guys yeah, yeah, you're, yes, that need yes. that need to fill that. So if it's just you know rank these guys, I would probably have a different order. But if if you feel like you need to get rid of Clayton Toon, if you have the requisite QB depth to where you're considering it at all, see if you can get anything back for this guy in a trade, right? Future asset, maybe, even maybe a, a depth maybe the Kyler position that you're thin. Yeah, right? the Kyler Murray manager as well. Maybe ship, yeah, you know, that would ship be, him that over would be there. ideal, right? But if yeah. if you were to if you're to cut Clayton Tune outright, I would imagine he would be picked up pretty quickly. And so that's usually something that gives me pause before I actually click that button. Yes. Okay. All right, Eric. I'm starting to learn a little bit more about you and your strategy. You like you like holding on to these uh, these young quarterbacks. I see. You're a little more op- optimistic than me. I, I think most of every, them will be in the XFL. In two every years. quarterback who sees snaps in the NFL has value in Superflex, right? So you're Fair really enough. just projecting out whether or not they're they're gonna they're gonna see the field at any point. There we go. All right. Well, we appreciate the fantasy football advice forum, guys. One more time, if you want to get involved with this community, that is for fantasy footballers. None of the other BS that goes on on social media is you're not going to be getting that. There's not going to be any beef. There's not going to be any, you know, you're not going to be catching any strays. You're not going to be catching any strays on this platform. Get over there. Again, use the IBT uh, promo code, and you're going to get 25% off your monthly or annual membership. 181 per month is what it comes out to if you get that annual. Guys, I do. I burn one. I mean, I think I've spent 181 just sitting here. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure Katie right now, my girlfriend, is on Amazon. We've probably spent more than that since we've been live. So, uh, yeah, 181, baby. All right, let's get some between bets and let's talk a little Hall of Fame game. Between, 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 between. Bets, 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 bets. Between, 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 between. Bets, bets, bets. We all win, except when you go to Vegas. Then no one wins but the dealer, baby. All right, Eric, let's talk about this Hall of Fame game. I I love the Hall of Fame game. Like, I know it's kind of a corny thing, and, like, people sometimes overhype it, but, like, I actually do love it. Like, it to me, it says not only is football back, but it's in the back, you know, back at its birthplace, and we have all these legends around the game. Vibes are high. So do you enjoy the Hall of Fame game as much as I do, my friend? Oh, absolutely. Right. Like it is the it is the unofficial kickoff of of football season. Right. So even though it is of the preseason games, the one that is often taken least seriously by the coaching staff and maybe some of the players, it is it is the it is the sun peeking up over the horizon that football is just around the corner. Right. So I always love seeing it on on the air and you're you're definitely going to find me tuning in on on Thursday. Yes, sir. Yeah, I was trying to book someone from our for our NASCAR show on Thursday. And said, "Hey, bud, can't this Thursday Hall of Fame game?" I said, "Hey, I respect it, man. I man, respect got it." Got his priorities straight. Yes, a hundred percent. My DVR will be set. All right, Eric. So the New York Jets they travel to the great state of Ohio, and they're going to be a one and a half point favorite against the Browns. Robert Saul is five and zero in his coaching career in the preseason. Kevin Stefanski. Uh, not as good, four and two. However, this is the home state for Cleveland. Um, Cleveland, you know, getting a little bit of buzz right now, man. Eighty percent of the money, or eighty percent of the bets, are on Cleveland. Sixty percent of the money is on them to cover right now. That is a huge number. That is a big red flag to me. How do you feel about the money line against the spread right now? It's minus one ten across the board. If you want to bet Cleveland or the Jets money line you're getting minus 125 on the Jets, so not as good of a number but you are getting the browns a little bit plus money plus 105 are, are you willing to take that plus money or, or are you like bob saw the boys here yeah this is uh this is disheartening to hear because all the while 
I was very much so ready to plant my flag on the Cleveland Browns as in, as the team that I want to to lay my money on. But I mean, with so much of the money on that side of the ledger, like your your gut instinct is spot on, right? Like that always gives me cause for concern. I think what it really boils down to is probably similar logic to what I had, especially with these Hall of Fame games. Never mind the preseason games in general. Usually, the team that's going that's getting points is going to be the one that gets the most action, right? Because it always ends up being a relatively close affair and it's really hard to project. So one thing that you can do is say, I do have this constant. I have my one and a half points with the Browns right off the bat. Right. So I think that's probably what's informing a lot of the, the action going to the Cleveland side, but also just in general, I feel like Cleveland's got better depth than New York by a considerable margin. Right. Like, Arguably, the the starting lineups for these two teams, I would I would give the the edge to New York by by a good bit. Agreed. But in, Agreed. in terms of top to bottom depth, and you know the, these are going to be the guys that we're going to be seeing playing more on Thursday night than any of the starters. I I think I think Cleveland's done a better job of you know building out their their roster top to bottom, so they're probably going to have a pretty significant edge when we get into the second half when we get into the fourth quarter. So. I, I like them in a vacuum, and I like them all the more getting a point and a half. Would you take them against the spread, or would you go full money line to get that plus money? I would take them against the. Uh, I'll take them against the spread. I, I want the points, right? Like, okay. you know, plus one hundred five isn't a ton of juice. So, you know, if if it was something in the one fifteen one twenty range, right? If it was sort of the inverse of the Jets minus one twenty five, then I you know I, I I could probably be swayed to go go chase down that that juice, but. You know, for plus one hundred and five, it's you know, it's a it's a marginal gain on mm-hmm. on your win, and I think that the one and a half points is a much bigger edge. Okay, and Eric, like I have to go against you here, man. Like I I I, I love what you're saying. Like I think they are a deeper team, the Browns. But to me, when it comes down to betting the preseason, I'm often betting on the quarterbacks. And Zach Wilson, love him or hate him, he is a motherfucker. We know about this guy. He's a <laughs> he's a feisty one. However, the, the guy is an NFL quarterback, like it or not. Like he is a you know somewhere around the 50th best quarterback I think in the league. And behind Wilson, they have uh, Chris Steffler as well, who very solid quarterback, preseason hero as well. The last couple of seasons. And then I look at Kevin Stefanski, and what does he have? He has Kellen Mund and DTR. And listen, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, like I know there are a lot of truthers out there. We have a couple on our staff between you and Bo, honestly. However, I'm not trusting Kellen Mond, who's been one of the worst preseason quarterbacks we've seen in recent years. Didn't even make it through his rookie contract with Minnesota. Uh, I'm going to take the safety net with the, the Jets here, man. I I think it's no doubt about it. I will take I will take them points. Uh, so minus one one and a half, uh, minus one ten for the Jets, baby. Let's rock and roll, Eric. Man, I I think as we talk through this, we're we're probably arriving at the at the true answer, which is I like the Jets in the first half, where we're going to see Zach Wilson out there slinging it around, and I like the Browns in the mm-hmm. second half. I think DTR is actually going to make some noise against these third stringers, right? Like, okay, he's he's off the charts in terms of his athleticism score, right? So not yeah. only can he sling it downfield, not only will this be his first opportunity to reconnect with Cedric Tillman, who he played with in high school, but also as these as these passing lanes break down, he can tuck and run it with with the best of them. So I, I kind of like breaking this up into halves now that we kind of talk it out. Yeah, and I, I was actually looking for half totals because that is a, a very effective strategy betting the preseason. I wasn't able to find any quite yet. Um, but yeah, keep your head on a swivel with that as well, guys. If we do see some half lines, Eric and I both like the Jets first half for sure. I'm going to be on Jets whole game. I think Eric's going to ride with Cleveland. Let's talk about the over under here. Um, I'm going to pass on betting on this, Eric. I, I, I've tried to find every advantage I can, and I just can't. This is two run heavy teams. They're bad at football. So that would lead me, or at least they're bad in football when they have their backups in. And I, I would typically think I should be betting the under here. However, last preseason, the under went 2-15 and 15 in week one. So how do you feel about betting the over-under? Are you taking a side here? Are you passing with me? 
Yeah, the the logical side of my brain says this is a bet to walk away from, right? There are just too many variables to you know really have a clean projection on. But fortunately, oftentimes I don't exclusively operate on logic. I'm probably going to take the over here because overs are significantly more fun to bet. Anyone who tells you otherwise does not have a good time in their life and <laughs> yeah. is not is not feeling the right vibes around around NFL football. But also. There's there's a there's a bit of strategery to this as well. These preseason games, a lot of time, it's about ineptitude, right? The uh, the the lack of ability to advance the ball down the field. Guys that probably aren't going to be on rosters in a you know a few short weeks time. But with regard to the defense specifically, that can actually work on the other side, right? That defensive ineptitude can not only buoy mediocre offensive play, but also if the offensive play is poor enough. They can be looking at some turnovers and some short fields. They can be looking at some pick sixes. You know, long story short, I think there are more outs to get to the over in addition to being categorically the more fun bet to place of the two. I wanted to bet the over. That's what my heart was telling me when I woke up this morning. I literally went to bed debating this right before I fell asleep, trying to look up trends. And my heart was telling me to go with the over here. But but my, my head just does not like it as much. Um, just, you know, again, being two run heavier teams, not great at football when you look who's going to be on, on the field. But all right, Eric likes the over there. So Eric, he's going over and he's going to take the uh, against the spread for the Browns. I'm going to go Jets. Uh, I'm going to take them against the spread and I'm going to pass on this over under. So, Eric, let's go ahead. Let's break this down a little bit deeper here and it's some matchup management and talk a little DFS. <laughs> Who you got? got? Matchup management. Who's it gonna be? All right. We are back. We are over on DraftKings. We're gonna build a roster together. Joey, what's up, man? Good to see you tonight, man. Thanks for tuning in. Eric, so let's let's get to it, man. Obviously, we we know who's rolled out, and we're not gonna see Watson, we're not gonna see Rogers. Are you go? Do you want to go quarterback here when we're playing in this type of contest? This is not your traditional DraftKings uh, lineup. Do you kind of want to break it down a little bit? What the captain slot means and what advantages uh, picking the right captain can do to your DFS squad here? Yeah, um, it's. I, I would almost equate it to uh, your first round draft selection in season long uh, formats, right? Like you, you are not exclusively going to win a showdown contest by choosing the right captain but if you choose the wrong captain you are almost certainly going to lose right so it is a, you are absolutely it is a highly yeah. impactful position in your build overall um for the uninitiated your captain cost 1.5x their posted salary and they produce 1.5x their fantasy production on the day so that single yes. player holds a lot of weight in the overall uh, the overall status of your lineup when it's all said and done. So, Eric, with that being said, who are you targeting? Who should we be targeting for our lineup here that we're going to set tonight? I, I think it has to be a quarterback. Am, am I wrong in that evaluation? No, I, I don't think you're all you're, you're wrong at all. Um, you know, when we when we get into the regular season. Usually, I like looking at a wide receiver, sometimes a running back, just to try to get mm. a bit more upside in the in the captain position. But for, for preseason, I mean, these quarterbacks that are going to play significant snaps on Thursday night have easily the cleanest projection in terms of our ability to understand what they're most likely to do in terms of fantasy output, right? So, but like I mentioned off the top, you, you don't want to bottom out your roster with someone that's going to put up a donut or close to it, you know, when they see two to five snaps. So, you know, really the, the safest decision is to put a, a quarterback into your, your captain spot for Thursday night. And with that, with that being said, uh, you know, there is one quarterback that sticks out. I kind of talked about him a little bit earlier, but it's a preseason hero, Chris Trebler, uh in his last two preseason games, or last two preseason seasons, this guy has six touchdowns, one interception, and averages just of over four rushes per game as well. And he's going to be playing against the worst of the worst here in the second half. He's going to be the cleanup mop duty. So can you back Strebler with me? Or I know you kind of just talked up DTR, so are, do you want to go that way with it? So 
I would I would lean towards DTR um, largely because he he gives you that you know that dual threat right he he's he's a much easier to project as a runner um, the the other thing that that's really working in his favor is that Kevin Stefanski has come out and said categorically he's playing the second half potentially longer if Kellen Mond does Kellen Mond things right Kellen so, Mond is so bad of, too <laughs> of of the two I feel most confident in DTR not only getting the most snaps, but also having the most uh, variability in terms of how he can accumulate fantasy points with those snaps. Okay. Well, because you are our new co-host, you just joined the show in the last couple so months. Nice. I'll give this one to you. I will allow us to throw DTR in the lineup here. Um, I would love to throw, I think we have to put Strevler in there as well, Eric. I think we would yeah. be fools not to, especially in this preseason format where everyone costs the same. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about it to an extent with regard to the captain position, but, you know, as we get into the remaining flex spots, you know, these, these quarterbacks are going to have the, the cleanest projection in terms of their playing time. So you, you want to establish that nice raw scoring floor and then find a couple spots to shoot for upside. All right, let's move into to the the bottom of our flexes here. Who do you like? What position do you want to go with here, Eric? Man, this is this is really where it gets dicey, right? Um, you know, I, I've been I've been listening to to Kevin Kevin Stefanski at his uh, pressers after practice over the last couple of weeks, and he's he's really emphasized how much he thinks that. Uh, you know, these these rookies are going to get an opportunity to prove themselves over the course of the, the preseason and specifically called out a couple of guys by name in terms of the Hall of Fame game. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking towards the Brown side because to date, Stefanski's played it pretty straight up with the media. And the, the first guy that I want to go to is getting a little stack with our DTR captain. And that's Cedric Tillman. Yes, um, I've heard yes. his name mentioned by coaches. I've heard his name mentioned specifically by DTR. Like this is a guy that is probably going to see a good amount of run on Thursday. He has that high school connection, and he has he has the skill set that he showed it at Tennessee to you know really be a game breaker. So he's he's one of those guys that I I think we can we can target to get some upside, and we have the benefit of stacking him up with our captain. All right, Cedric Tillman. Yeah, I, I, I really like Cedric Tillman. This is a guy who had a big 2021 season, was banged up a little bit here in 2022 and kind of lost some steam to Jalen Hyatt there. Um, 6'3", 213 pounds. He has that connection with DTR. I think that's a really nice upside play for us there, Eric. They're going to want to get this rookie third rounder on the field, see what they have in him. So I'm 100% with you there. Um, I'm going to go to the running back position next. I think we have to talk about this. I think the chalky play is going to be John Kelly. John Kelly, we know this guy. Uh, and I will say I have a personal vendetta against John Kelly. I played him in a championship game week 17. I, I couldn't even remember what year it is, like 2017, 2018 maybe. And I played the wrong guy, OCJ Anderson. I lost my championship because of John Kelly. However, in addition to him, we also have Hassan Hall, who I think he's going to get a lot of this cleanup work as well. Uh, very unique player. He was still like categorized as a bruiser coming out of college, but he did have 28 receptions after transferring to Georgia tech last season. Demetric Felton. I'm not worried about him on this Browns death chart. This guy has one preseason carry. I know we kind of liked him a couple years ago. However, there doesn't seem to be much there. And then uh, no Jerome Ford tonight as well, or Thursday night, Eric, he's out with a personal matter. It looks like so. Do you like Hall as as a possible leverage play here on the Brown side of things, or do you want to go Kelly? I actually love Hall for for DFS on Thursday night. He's another player that's getting talked up by both players and coaches in these post practice pressers on the Brown side. So, you know, he's someone that you know should should at least be in line for that kind of second half workload that we talked about with DTR, but also he should mix in in early down opportunities he should mix in potentially around the goal line right so there's there's some upside baked in with with that play and the icing on the cake is exactly what you laid out i i don't think he's going to be the most popular option in, among the the browns runners so 
you know, get a little bit of leverage on the field, which is insanely hard to do in these showdown slates. Yes, yes, 100%. All right, let's go over to the Jets' side of the ball here, and let's look at the running back position there. This is kind of the Wiley one. We have Michael Carter, who is projected to play some, it looks like. However, I don't project him to play a ton. He's been getting a lot of first-team reps with Brees Hall still not 100%. Mm -hmm. And then we also have uh, Bam Knight, man, Zonathan Knight. We talked about him a ton at the end of last season. He could be in line to get the the second team work. And then we also have Izzy Abanaconda, our guy out of Pittsburgh here. What do you make of this backfield, Eric? Is there one that gives you an edge, whether that's you're just shooting for the the upside or low ownership? What do do you value here when we're looking at this New York backfield? Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to shoot for upside here, right? Like there are are so many question marks about – uh, utilization and playing time heading into this Hall of Fame game that I don't think there's going to be a ton of chalk to be had out there, right? So, you know, ownership is kind of a, a secondary consideration for me. And, you know, if even if they're pedestrian, if if you land on a lineup with guys that are seeing a good amount of time on the field, you're going to have a competitive lineup, right? One or two of them pop and you're right up there towards the top of the payout. For for me, I I. I think there's a pretty solid trend around young guys, especially guys that are fighting for uh, a position on the roster or fighting to solidify their role as the second or third option in the depth chart, getting some more playing time in these preseason settings. So for the Jets, I, I like looking at, at, at Izzy Abanaconda. He's he's one of my favorite players coming out of the draft process. Really wanted to see him land in a different spot, right? He's basically going to be, you know, toiling behind Brees Hall for potentially most of his, you know, (laughs) NFL viable years. So, yes, kind of a gut punch there. But I I do think that not only are we going to see the Jets lean towards giving their young guys a bit more, you know, NFL quote unquote playing time, but also, you know, sort of underscored by the Dalvin Cook visit pseudo joining practice nobody really knows what's going on with yeah that was real that's real shady that's real shady it's it's super bizarre but what it what it lays out is that the jets probably have some concern about Brees hall's availability or at least his ability to take on a full workload in the early part of the season so i think they're gonna they're gonna be a little bit conservative and limit the playing time of guys like bam knight of guys like michael carter who might actually have to you know, spell Brees Hall in the early parts of the season. Yeah, and I love Bam Knight. Like, he was a really great story last season. However, so I, I, I think I'm kind of with you. I don't see a lot of playing time for Michael Carter. I think Bam could run a lot with that first-team offense. Might not see him much in the second half. Um, and Bam's kind of a zero in the passing game as well. However, Izzy, I mean, he can do a bit of it all. And let's not forget, man, Nathaniel Hackett really knows what he's doing with running backs we could see some like Aaron Jones type usage in the passing game from Izzy here in preseason week one. And he's a big play guy. He he is an absolutely electric player. If he gets one, he's housing it if he gets out there. So, yeah, I, I like Izzy, man. I, I think he's the play I was looking for on the Jets side of the ball as well um, when it comes to the offense or when it comes to the running backs here. Is there anyone else, any other skill players from either team, Eric, that, that you're kind of w- lurk, lurking on? Because there's one for me. But but I also feel with this lineup, it, it's a bit risky, and we should maybe maybe go with uh, with, with a kicker or a defense. But who, who do you have in mind? Yeah, so I, I actually don't have anybody else on the skill player list that really jumps off the page for me, right? Like, um, you know, we, we should say that if you are playing – DFS showdowns for the Hall of Fame game. Um, what is it? One eight 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 Hope NY. Um, you can you can get help for being a DGen just like me. <laughs> yeah. um, but you need to be firing multiple entries into into these these contests, right? Like you you have to you have to really take an objective look at guys that you project to see the field and balance your exposures across them, right? So I've talked about some of the guys that I like the most. And that I'll be overweight to relative to the rest of my player pool. Um, but in in terms of the skill position, guys, nobody's really jumping off the page. I would probably err on the side of a defense here. Um, you know, 
pretty clean projection in terms of their fantasy point contribution, but also, especially in these preseason games, they carry a bit of upside as well, right? So, you know, uh, rule of thumb in showdown, I don't like rostering the defense against my captain, so I would be rostering the Cleveland Browns defense uh, out of the two options. Um, but I, I, I like your idea of, of shooting for the moon, right? Like you need some upside here. So who's the guy that's catching your eye? So I will say if we did go defense, I would I would probably want to go with the Jets defense just because it, it it's less about DTR and more about Kellen Mond. I think Kellen Mond is absolutely an atrocious NFL quarterback. I don't think he'll be on a roster much longer after this season. However, if we did want to shoot for a positional player, I don't know if you've caught any of the, the, the hype highlights on Twitter, but Jason Brownlee, he is a wide receiver for the Jets. This guy, I mean, he, he absolutely mossed Sauce Gardner in this one video. He's been getting the best of DJ Reed at times as well, they're saying. And he's playing real snaps with Rodgers and the boys because they're so banged up. Garrett Wilson's missing time. Randall Cobb's missing time. Uh, Alan Zard's missing a little bit of time as well. So like Brownlee's had some good connections with all the quarterbacks here. Coming out of Southern Miss, 39.8% college dominator percentage. And he is a little bit of a guy with an electric burst as well. Like, I saw some home run hitting ability in his tape. um, And I think he has some good catch radius on him as well. So, if we were to attack one more skill position, I think that's where I would want to go is Brownlee. But I understand if you'd want to go with a kicker or a defense here as well. Uh, Like you said, they do also carry some surprising upside here in the preseason. Yeah, I I think I think the defense probably projects a little bit higher in terms of their their median scoring, but I mean, look, I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, 1.2x my money on a Hall of Fame showdown game, right? Like, I want to swing for the fences. Um I I love the Brownlee call, right? And uh, a lot of it goes back to what we were saying earlier. We tend to see younger guys that are kind of on the fringe of the roster really get increasingly more run the earlier in the preseason a game is, obviously. The Hall of Fame game is as early as it can get. But also, you know, you you look at some of these kind of depth-wide receivers that the, the Jets are carrying, and a lot of them are Aaron Rodgers drinking slash mushroom slash ayahuasca buddies, right? Like, <laughs> these are veteran guys that they're not going to want to put out there. So I do think we're going to see a lot of youth out there in the wide receiver core, and we get the correlation with the the quarterback that we've rostered as well. So definitely like like shooting for the moon here and and wouldn't clicking the brownie button all right well we're gonna do it because you said it uh there we go folks brownlee yeah uh we don't want any of those ayahuasca buddies here um no i mean (laughs) hey maybe during the regular season we can talk about it but here this is nfl this hall of fame game this is prime time baby it's prime time from canton (laughs) ohio so uh, I actually kind of really like this lineup, Eric. We have DTR in the Tillman stack. We have the Strebler with the Brownlee stack. And then we have a running back on each side of this. And it's mostly guys that, hey, if you want to tune into the back road at 830 and catch this game at 930, all these guys will be playing in the back half of the back half of the program on Thursday night like here. Um, I think we're really shooting for these uh, second and a half heroes here, Eric. Yeah, we, we, we definitely are, but... You know, the, the reality is these second half heroes are, are going to project to have more workload than some of the guys that, you know, are, are going to be a bit more popular from the from the early part of the game. So, um, you know, don't don't go scoreboard watching after after lineup lock. And, you know, you'll you'll find your roster basically in last place till we get into the yeah. second half. But then uh, then you can enjoy the meteoric rise as these guys come to life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, I hope everyone really enjoys the Hall of Fame game. Uh, Let's honor these NFL veterans who have put in their time and they're getting inducted, man. It's a really cool class. So, Eric, what else do you have coming down the pipeline for us, man? I know you're busy here at IBT Media, but you also have your other affairs happening as well. And a very cool charity tournament about to kick off in a couple weeks. Yeah, those uh, those other affairs are headlined by Green Screens Media. The IBT family has heard me talk about them ad nauseum, but we are covering the hell out of some college basketball. Uh, a lot of the CBB analysts out there are sending out tweets saying it's August 1st, time to start getting caught up on college basketball. We never <laughs> stopped. We never stopped. UConn cut down the nets. We've been talking to coaches. We've been talking to beat reporters. We're going to get into our conference breakdown. So Green Screens Media on youtube is where you can find us 
It's a uh, one and done CBV or get green screens on Twitter slash X. But the charity tournament that you mentioned is what is going to be taking up the vast majority of my time over the next 35 days or so. That is pros with Joe's year. Number four is getting set to kick off. Uh, we haven't announced this yet, but if you're tuning in here on IBT, you can actually head over to, to proswithjoes.com. Registration is officially open. So you can Big get J, your name Big J on journalism the news. Big J, breaking news. Do, 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 do. Um, we are probably going to announce that here in the next couple of days. And we are actively filling out our roster with people from around the fantasy space, including some familiar names and faces from in between media. The, uh, the guy sitting across from me right now will be back for is your second season. Oh, there he is, the spotlight. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, definitely definitely pumped to get that kicked off. We should start fundraising here by the end of the week um, for the uninitiated. Pros with Joes is a experts league where fantasy experts are all co-managing a team in a 14, uh, co-managing a fantasy team with a everyday player that donated to a charity of their choice. So we end up oh, yeah. raising money for a ton of different causes. They all do a bunch of really good work. They all have some really cool stories behind them too, right? I've, I've discovered dozens of organizations out there doing this over the last four years. And it's it ends up being a real cool, real cool experience, right? You get to draft alongside an industry expert from NFL Network, from ESPN, from In Between Media, from uh, Fantasy Points or uh, PFF, right? We, we try to do our best to kind of cover the whole gamut of experts out there. And you're kind of riding shotgun with them throughout the management process of that team throughout the season, right? You're getting to be part of the conversation on roster decisions, on ads and drops. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a real good time and it ends up being a cool experience. Proswithjoes.com is our website where you can get registered. And at Pros with Joes on Twitter is where we'll be making all of our announcements about registration being open, about the pros that are participating and the causes that they are supporting. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We appreciate that, Eric. We appreciate all the all the great charity initiatives here in the fantasy sports industry, especially Pros with Joes. So guys, get involved. You can co-manage a team with me. You can talk shit to me. We can, we, we can have good vibes together. Well, however you want to play this. We can play this a lot of different ways, but uh, I, I think we'll have fun either way. Um, so get over there, proswithjoes.com. As far as us here at IBT Media, you guys know how to find us. You know how to best support us by now. Subscribe on the YouTube channel if you aren't already. We're also available on Apple, everywhere you get your podcasts. We have this show. We also have our PGA DFS and betting show that preludes it on Tuesday nights. And then our Thursday night, the back road, NASCAR, DFS and betting. It's a wild time over there on the circuit as well. Um, but hey, football is back. So uh, keep checking us out here. Keep checking us out on the website. Come to Draft Night Out if you're going to be in Canton, Ohio at the Fantasy Football Expo in just a little over a week from now. And enjoy the Hall of Fame, guys. Hall of Fame game, guys. Until next time, keep it in between.